Welcome back, folks. As we um, come to this next segment of Margaret's life, I thought we might kind of head into the, the phase of uh, meeting Nick, who became her husband, and then perhaps chat about some of that time in their life mm. and the places they lived and, and what that looked like. So I guess we just heard that you met Nick through church. Yes. Um, how old were you during that time and how did that all come to be? Well, I got to know Nick already when he was 17 and I was 15. <clears throat> And then uh, through church, of course, I saw him every Sunday. Then later on, he kept calling uh, at our place on Saturdays. And I used to do the ironing for mum and baking cookies on Saturday, even in the hot weather, there was no air conditioning. And he used to say, Mrs. Brinkman, at five o'clock, can I take Margaret for a drive to Sea Cliff for an ice cream? And that's what he did, so. Sounds lovely. And they approved of him, obviously. Oh, yes, yes. they did. <laughs> That's great. So at what age then did you marry? Well, I wasn't allowed to marry till I graduated, 21. Okay. We were engaged in 1960. Okay. But, uh, yes, you don't get engaged until about four years. It was a long time. Right, that is a long yes. time. Yes, and uh, then, of course, you marry when you graduate, at 21. Mm -hmm. What were some of the qualities that you really appreciated about him? He was bright, he could make a good joke, but yes, he, he was just easy to get on with and to talk to. Mm -hmm. Although his father was an ambassador and everybody kept that family elevated, sort of. Oh, in awe, mm -hmm. because he used to visit the uh, migrants, etc. But Nick was just ordinary. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Easy he, to get along with. No, he, he had become a motor mechanic at trade school and he did very well and he went into more teamwork for many years. Uh, then when we married, uh, he did further studies. He was interested in Reformed theology and he was interested in outreach and missionary. Uh, he started a couple of young people's groups that were meeting at our flat when we lived in Unley. Mm -hmm. um, and then we finally bought a house, also in Darlington. Uh, I had had three miscarriages before that. Mm -hmm. uh, then when the first baby was due in 62, uh, she was born, stillborn. Mm. Uh, but Nick had already said that he wanted to do more for, with his life and had enrolled for the college in Geelong, the Reformed Theological College. Mm -hmm. So in 67 we sold the house and, um, no, not in 67, earlier, uh, 66 we went to Geelong and uh, then he went studying full time and I went nursing. And uh, that's where the nursing became in very handy because wherever we lived, I mm -hmm. could always find a job either at a district hospital or in nursing homes, mm. whatever. Mm, that's true. So I was nursing, uh, and then I had another two miscarriages, oh, and then wow. finally, after five years, Jack was born. Oh, golly, how did that? 
uh, the impacts of the, the loss of those children play out? Was that a really challenging time? Like, I'd imagine back in that era you weren't allowed to that, even hold the baby or see them? No, I didn't see or hear anything. No. Even with the stillborn one, mm. I wasn't allowed to see it. Mm. Um, yes, looking back, it's something that uh, you accept. Mm-hmm. Because in Geelong, I was on my own. I had no family mm-hmm. at all, and the other students were, were all from different parts of Australia, so it took a while to make friends. Mm. But then when a child is born, your parents can't come over, mm. and there is no one, so you, you cope. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. You mm-hmm. just cope. Uh, then Peter was born two years later, and then later on, Paul was born two and a half years later. Mm-hmm. So all five were born by a very good, with a very good specialist because the trauma I had in Adelaide, and I had seen a gynaecologist, he had referred me to this man in Geelong, so, mm-hmm. and he was very particular, very good. Uh, I did many tests, and sometimes he, he would... With Peter, he actually... No, that was with Paul. He actually came in his own car... He said, test so-and-so came back from Melbourne. Uh, I'm taking you straight to the hospital. Mm. So he notified Nick. And uh, he was a bit prim, Paul. But, uh, yes, you just go home and you manage three yep. children. Under five. Yep. Yeah. And that was also the time I had a lot of migraines. But, yes, we just did. Mm. Uh, he studied and he was involved in a lot of youth work. I was involved in uh, a type of youth work with uh, what they called girl guides. Yes. And uh, we did that for many years until he finally finished. Uh, I'm trying to think, what year did he actually graduate? 72? Okay. I think so. Paul was born in 71, yes, and he wasn't a year yet. So we, we, he got a call to Frankston. So Frankston was our first congregation with three small children. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were there for three years. Then uh, the Home Missionary Committee from Melbourne wanted him to go to Bunbury and, and establish a church plant. So there we go from Geelong, Frankston, Frankston all the way to Across Bunbury. Across the other side of the country. Across the other side, pack up all your bits and pieces... Yep. Uh, the two older boys managed very well uh, making friends. Paul, not, because he every time we moved, he lost a year or months of his study. So in his schooling, there were certain aspects of math that he totally mm, missed out on. Gaps there, yeah. So, um, but then it, at the time, I wasn't aware of it and I didn't realise mm. it. Mm-hmm. It is only now that I'm starting to, to see what it has done. Mm. But then again, I'm very proud of Paul. Uh, he also gets... All the three boys get migraines, inherited by oh. both sides of the family. Okay. So then in Bunbury, we were there for three years. Mm-hmm. The church plant was formed and we were called to Gosford. For ten years, we lived in Gosford. Mm-hmm. The, Paul went to primary school... And all three of them went to high school there, Lizaro High. And they were good years, Mm -hmm. except Nick worked far too hard. He didn't believe that a minister uh, would stop. If they would call him during the night for anything, he would go. And we had widows at that time that couldn't handle it very well. Mm -hmm. 
uh, we've had several deaths there at the time, and uh, yes, he was like a, an almoner as well for the people, you know. they Because the residents in Gosford came from Sydney and they retire in Gosford. Right. So when their partner dies, they're lost. Not themselves, yeah. So yes, well, the first point of call is always the minister. Yep. So that's what they do. Uh, so yes, slowly but surely he got burned out. Mm-hmm. And it got tighter and tighter. And um, then he used to get frequent headaches and he just lost all his energy, couldn't get up. Uh, several specialists later, and yes, he was totally burned out and he definitely had to stop. Okay. So what do you do? That was 88. Mm. Um, How old was he then? He's 48. Right. And... He had a sister here, he was very close to, so she offered to look after him while I was finishing my nursing contract as a night sister in two nursing homes. So he went with Paul in August. and Now, Nick went in August, November when the school year finished, Paul went through with all the furniture, so I packed up that whole house mm. uh, by myself, uh, packed his garage, put everything in boxes, uh, and all that went to Adelaide. Then my brother-in-law helped Nick to, to buy a place in Hope Valley, and all the furniture and everything was sent in November. Uh, I couldn't come till January because of the contract, but even then, Nick could not cope with the move. Paul was telling me only not so long ago, Dad would just sit there and look bewildered. Mm. Where do all these boxes go? And I had given a floor plan to Paul where to put the furniture mm. and the boxes I said, put in the carport, I'll sort that later. You've got two boxes for your immediate use. Mm-hmm. So yes, and then I came in January and uh, yeah, picking up pieces it seemed felt like uh, because Nick wasn't responding. Is he overwhelmed by it all? Yes, mm. totally overwhelmed, mm-hmm. confused, uh, couldn't explain what was bothering him, mm-hmm. uh, because very lethargic. So, yeah, that, that was a tough period. Mm-hmm. We got a local doctor in who, who was quite good, but uh, there was more to it, I realised, because he felt at a loss. He was here to preach the gospel and he couldn't. Right. Um, so I said, look, you stay home. I'll organise his study first with Paul, got all his books and stuff out his desk, and he would go in there. Uh, I found a job fairly soon, but because I had a huge mortgage to pay for, and the payout for the church wasn't sufficient at all, so I had to work immediately to pay for the mortgage, and in Adelaide at that time was 88. Uh, there were 80% more uh, interest. Okay. And there was no full-time work for right. nurses. Right. So I ended up working at Rest Haven, OG Road, Aldersgate, and Lutheran Homes. Four different places. Three or Very four different. Four. Mm. Yeah. So uh, a weekend for me would be, for instance, going to Rest Haven in Melbourne, doing the hostel shift till one o'clock. 
Then I would eat in the car and drive to OG Road, do the afternoon shift from 2.30 till 10.30, and then change uniform and would go to the Lutheran home for the night duty. Oh my goodness. <laughs> then I would come home uh, and, and help Nick to get up because he did want to go to church. Okay, we'll go to church. Mm -hmm. I propped up my eyes yeah. with matchbox. Yeah. Uh, yes, and that went on for quite a while. Mm three different jobs wow. uh, until the house was paid within 10 years. Yeah, okay. So how, I'd imagine during those challenging years, whether it was during the loss of children or during this time now with Nick struggling, um, how would you describe your faith in that? Did you feel God was distant or close no. by or was it your faith was growing? or My faith, I held on to these firm beliefs that God loves you, that he cares for you, but that we're also responsible people. And that is what I found growing up. I ended up with making decisions that I could not do without God's help. Mm -hmm. And that was the first thing I always remembered. I have to ask the Lord to guide me, to find the right jobs, pray for the right people. Uh, I wasn't into friends because my family was the one that needed me then, mm -hmm. as well as in Geelong and the other congregations. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I learned a lot that uh, I, I read my devotional books night and morning. I always went to Bible studies. In Gosford, I went to KYB. That was starting up then. Mm -hmm. um, in the other congregations before that, we had our own Bible study. Uh, young adults, for instance, where the, the young adults would bring all their kids and we would put them around the house mm -hmm. into the boys' bedroom or in cots and carry cots. Uh, yes, it's all been work associated with the Lord, uh, which was God's work. But then when I ended up in Adelaide and getting so tired, I often thought, this is too much. Mm -hmm. I can't. Lord, what have you got in mind? I can't do this anymore. Um, and then Nick was getting more despondent. So then I started dropping back on work, fortunately, I could do. Um, but Nick wasn't improving and uh, it was a tough time. Mm. And um, he was diagnosed then with... Um, oh, what do you call it? Oh, what is it when, when the... the aneurysm. Okay. He had an aneurysm in, in the carotid artery as well as in the brain. Okay. And then one night I heard him gurgling, so I just turned him over. I said, Nick, you're not breathing very well, are you? You're not well. And no response. So I thought, oh, Lord, what am I doing now? I rang Paul, rang the ambulance, took us to hospital, and I kept talking to him all the time. And then in ICU, the doctors had a great big conversation. We can do this, this and this. I said, but to do register, you're telling me 12 pints of blood is needed. Well, he's not responding. Wouldn't it be wiser to use it for people who have a better chance of recovery? He said, why are you saying that? I said, because of... I'm an RN, I've worked in RCU, my son here next to me is also a nurse and we think it's time to let him go. Mm. So I went up to Nick, I said, darling, 
you're going home to be with the Lord and all is well. And uh, then they just took all the tubes and everything off, put us in a private room and uh, yeah, within five hours he'd gone. Wow. But we still feel, Paul and I, that it was the right, right. thing to do. Mm-hmm. He had suffered emotionally mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's yes. A tough, tough Th- that story, was isn't a it? very tough time. But I never, you see, God's Secrets was a book that gave me on my professional faith. And in that, it constantly goes back to the very thing that we are created to be for God what he meant us to be, made in his image. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying, but I've made such a mess of it. It is all, nothing is according to what I thought life would be like. Um, my parents were aging here. Uh, but yes, I was just started to look at each individual moment and day mm. that God supplied all my needs. Mm. Mm. And then even losing the children was nothing in comparison mm. what I went through mm-hmm. later on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a good place to wrap it up, I reckon, yeah. doesn't it? We can um, take a break and then come back for mm. our next session after that. Thank you, Margaret. <laughs>